0: Welcome to the Brentwood Academy podcast. We are a co-educational, independent, college preparatory school near Nashville, Tennessee. Our mission is to nurture and challenge each whole person, body, mind, and spirit to the glory of God. This podcast will give you a glimpse into the stories, lives, and relationships that make BA such a special place. For more information about BA, visit BrentwoodAcademy.com. Now on to today's episode. We're in part two of a series on science and faith. The first part dealt with how do we reconcile science and faith? Can we even reconcile science and faith, or are they mutually exclusive? And in this segment, we're going to talk about how do parents uh, engage their students on topics uh, uh, on this topic of science and faith. So uh, we've got our three experts here from the science department. And uh, we're going to jump right in with a couple of questions here. Hopefully parents will come away feeling a little more equipped uh, to talk about this issue. Because this topic is is scary. I mean, it's scary for parents um, you, who don't feel like they're experts in science or experts in theology. And, and, and when this comes up, you've got, and, and students come away, especially students who are, are very invested in science, come away sounding like, I've got the answers, you know. A lot of them that I've talked, I've got the answers, and I don't know how faith fits in. And so this could be this can be scary for parents. What advice do you have for parents to talk to their kids about this when they when they don't feel equipped?
1: Yeah, I'd say it, it's good to read. You know, I would recommend like John Lennox as an author. Yeah. I think he's fantastic. You know, he's a brilliant mind, and he's kind of a modern C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. just sort of bringing ideas and you know, he's brought up things and debates. You know, trying to get physicists who are atheists, you know, explain to me energy. What is energy? And they can't. They don't know what it is. They can't explain this force going on all around us, but they've got tons of equations about it. Mm-hmm. And so just to realize, you know, we everybody's got this room for belief and, and faith and trust and things like that. And at the heart, Christianity is not something at its core that we've just got to back up. Christianity's core is a relationship. And, you know, I can't prove to people in this room that my wife exists, but I know her. You know, And so that's not the heart of it. In one sense, we have to remember a relationship with Christ and walking with him is one thing. Um, but then when it comes to science, when it comes to things like that, embrace the two. They're not juxtaposed. It's, yeah. They're not enemies, like yeah. I was saying before. Jump into it. Find out. It's fun. Yeah. You know, see how God made things. See how he's drawn the world together. When you have questions, ask him. Yeah, maybe it'll help you see it, uh, you know, or just come to a piece about it. But it's it's not two opposite things.
2: Mm-hmm. I have always been interested in this question because the response depends so much on the person you're talking to, right? And in general, I've dis- I've come across three kinds of people in this conversation. Um, there's people who are genuinely curious Mm -hmm. they want to ask questions Um, you can throw out ideas you can give them your analogies and you sort of walk away from that conversation with uh, sort of mutually encouraged in a faith you're both okay there are questions i don't know the answers but i know the god who has the answers and for those students for those for those family members or friends. There's not much you need to do. Right. They're on the right track. They want to know truth, and ultimately, God is truth. And so, if they search for that, they'll find Him. The harder, um, the harder group is the group that's using these questions of science and religion as a way of putting off their guilt mm-hmm. for some sin in their life, some mm-hmm. sin that they yep. want to deal with, a relational sin. Um, a sin of the heart or of the mm-hmm. mind, um, a physical sin they might be in. And rather than dealing with that sin or dealing with the guilt of that sin, instead they they pretend God doesn't exist. They put him away. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they will cover over that with uh, intellectual questions um, yeah. as an excuse mm-hmm. for continuing on in whatever they're doing and so that's a harder dynamic for me to deal with because you really need to address the sin in their life mm-hmm. they really need to be convicted of that of that sin because because their issue is not the question itself they're using that as a defense mechanism mm-hmm. and the third group I don't think we deal with very much is openly antagonistic um, and they're just they're hostile and no matter mm-hmm. what conversation you have with them they're not going to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that because I was there. Mm-hmm. I was I was that person in high school. And that's a person I don't even engage in these questions with because mm-hmm. they're in it to win an argument. They're not in it for the search for truth. Mm-hmm. So part of dealing with your child or your friend or whoever you want to speak with us about is knowing where they're coming from because fundamentally your rejection of god is on an emotional level not an intellectual level yeah. yeah your acceptance or rejection of him is not intellectual and so you can deal with the questions but that's not dealing with the fundamental issue
0: yeah yeah I, I think some of the things you know as a as a parent of young kids kind of thinking about these conversations and the potential for these conversations coming up i i think about you know our our pastor has has said some things and 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 even research that I'm reading for class has, has talked about you, you. for your kids you, you often get who you are I mean you know my, my, my dad always telling me do as I say not as I do and I'm like well I'm going to do what you do because I know it's accepted <laughs> if you do it and I want to do it I'm going to do it uh, and so it, hopefully in a positive sense you know all you can do is really model faith you can't like you said you can't intellectually just you know, drill it in and con- convince them per se but they're going to it's not 100%, but more often they, they may be won over more by what you're practicing rather than what you're saying.
3: Yeah, one thing that we've already hit on, I'm not adding anything new, but as, as you were talking, Matt, about modeling versus telling, I think something that's really good both to model and to tell is to reassure kids and reassure yourselves as parents that it's okay not to have all the answers. Um, whereas as as we've said a couple of times already we're searching for truth we have the truth about God and about people and how we relate to God in the scriptures and science gives us this physical and mechanical truth and we're, we're taking all of this in and trying to put it together into a cohesive way of looking at our world that has integrity I don't I don't i don 't switch out my hats i don 't mm-hmm. look at the world as a scientist at some point and as a as a Christian as another, mm-hmm. I want to be a whole person mm-hmm. with my scientific understanding and my understanding of truth and scripture and god and and look at the world all together like that and i don 't have it all figured out mm-hmm. <laughs> and that 's okay
1: yeah it seems where i 've got some traction as well. you know one thing that comes up for me all the time is evolution, mm-hmm. you know, and did we right. come from apes? and what's going on there. And so we'll talk about that. Okay, are we 98% genetically similar to an ape? Right. Sure. You know, I don't think that's a real mystery to anybody. Compared to a banana, we're much more like an ape. 98% just like an ape. But I ask him, okay, I can give you the scientific description of a sunset and why the light refracts the way it does and why it bends and what's going on, but why are we the only creatures that sit and stare at it Mm -hmm. and go, wow. Why are we the only ones that just enjoy art and beauty? Why do we care about the spotted owl on the other side of the country going extinct? Every other animal out there would eat it. Mm -hmm. What is it about us? What does it mean to be made in God's image? How does that separate us? Why would we be given the gift of the word, of language, to communicate? What does that mean? That is something unique about us. And Mm -hmm. so I like to hone in on that. What does it mean to be made in the image of God, where we are unique creatures, separate from the others? And it's so obvious, so clear. You know, that we've been given a dominion in this world. And so to speak to them on that level and just enjoy with them. I, if I give advice to parents, it's don't dichotomize your lives. Don't make your Christianity something on Sundays or Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. You know, look at sunsets. Describe it. Talk about God. Talk mm-hmm. about what he's doing. Um, look at his hand in things. See how his hand is moving. Look for him and you'll find him. And it'll be more obvious, and if you dichotomize where God is, then you're going to get this problem with faith and science yeah. um, as opposed to each other, but they're not
0: mm-hmm. I love that even even in the even in the way that we practice faith as Christians, so often it is a it is an individual sort of private thing we We go to church corporately, but when we talk about meeting with God, it's a quiet time or it's a go off by yourself and yeah. you know and we kind of meet with god but but as as a family they're you know, hopefully, we have some sort of. You know, how does our faith lived out as a family?
1: Yeah, I just got one real quick story on that. When my daughter was about five years old, we were outside and she was just looking at this flower, this exquisite, mm-hmm. beautiful flower, and she's just enraptured with it. And so I bend down and I whisper to her, "You know, Audrey, Jesus made that flower." And she said, "He did." And she was worshiping. At that moment, God's creation, Jesus Mm -hmm. making something so beautiful, so exquisite. And I wasn't there to tell her about the reproductive features of a flower. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. But (laughs) that's what it is. And yet God made it and he's behind it and he made it for his glory Mm -hmm. as in all things. He's behind everything. God holds all things and all things are created by him and for him and to help her understand that scripture Mm -hmm. in every part of life.
2: Mm -hmm. I think it's helpful to point out the limitations of science too. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, as a culture, how much we worship science and what it can do until my husband got sick, and all of a sudden, people were telling me, "Oh, there's a big conspiracy, and they really know science really knows how to cure cancer, and they're just keeping it from you." Or, or if you just do X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and th- this idea that creation or. Re- Religion, because we got it from the religious side too, if you just pray the right prayer, he'll get better, right. um, that creation is formulaic, mm-hmm. that religion is formulaic. If I input X and Y, then Z will come out. Right. Um, and there's this idea that science can do more than it can, mm-hmm. that science is our salvation. And that's popularized by scientists because it gets them more funding. It gets mm-hmm. them more press. It gets them more power to make decisions um, but science is, is limited in what it can do. Um, particularly medicine, I think we have a false idea and a false security of of how much it can do for us. And I think when I talk with my own son about this and, and we talk about things, there are limits to science. There are limits to what it can do. It is not omnipotent. It is not omniscient. It is not um, the great equalizer. Um, it's just a human institution that can be good or bad depending on how we use it and i think we've glorified science in our culture to the point where just saying you're a scientist gives you Mm -hmm. some kind of authority and i'm not sure that's a that's a safe place to be culturally
0: Yeah. yeah this is really good um if we just look at the individual, and, and you mentioned you mentioned one one source, and maybe you guys have some other sources to talk about. We should say you mentioned John Lennox and books by John Lennox. If you're if you're not a big reader, you can find him on YouTube as well. I've I've watched some of his debates on YouTube, and that was that was really good. When I don't find time to to read through an entire book, um, but. Um, but what advice do you have for that that individual who might be out there listening, who's who's really struggling with with something? You've, you've given you've given us a ton of stuff to think about, a ton of great stuff. Uh, is there any other advice that you would give to an individual struggling with faith in science, or any other sources in particular that that you've seen help people? Maybe I should say, because you've seen, yeah,
1: us? I think starting with C.S. Lewis mm-hmm. is a great, great place to start, isn't? Obviously, an amazing writer, very articulate. Reaches, whom he his target audience, as he would say, is just kind of the the non-theologian layman out there. Um, the doctor who headed up the entire human genome project, mm-hmm. you know, became uh, Francis Collins. Became right. a Christian as an adult when a patient handed him mere Christianity, and he just read through that book and was just changed. Forever. And he's, he wrote a book on the human genome called The Language of God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. that really good.
1: Yeah. And he's got a different perspective, I think, than some do on, on it. But it's, he's a true believer. And it's, a, it's an interesting read for anybody heading into that field. And I think mm-hmm. if you, you'll find strong believers with sound faith who can articulate some concepts very well. And uh, I'm sure there's a number of books we could recommend, but that's a great place to start, I would think.
2: actually have a, a secular book that i thought was brilliant called science and religion some historical perspectives uh-huh. by john hedley brooke uh-huh. he was my tutor at oxford and not a believer actually but the study of the history of science uh-huh. revolutionized my understanding of the science and religion debate if you look at the origin of the creation evolution debate it's actually mostly socioeconomic in origin. Um, and if you look at um, something like the Galileo Affair and you look at the political and the social uh, ramifications uh, and dynamics of the time, you begin to understand that, that no issue can be abstracted from the culture that it's in. Mm-hmm. So you look at something like global warming right now or you look at something... Uh, like creation and evolution still, or um, what to do with genetic engineering. Um, These can't be abstracted from a political, socioeconomic discussion of who has the power, who's brokering the power, who's brokering the money, what are the political implications of this question. And the study of the history of science really sort of Enlarged my understanding both of the human practice of science and how intensely um, rooted it is in our in our human culture and in our human practices like politics right. and economics, and how much that informs people's opinion of religion based on mm-hmm. the politics and the socioeconomics involved in these arguments, and. I think that's a great resource particularly Mm -hmm. for unbelievers to sort of break down some of the conceptions we have about science Mm -hmm. and some of the myths we have about scientific progress yeah
0: can you give that title again
2: it's called science and religion some historical perspectives Mm -hmm. by john hedley brooke that's
0: awesome that's good i i I think i came to more of that realization reading nt wright who's Mm -hmm. british theologian who talked who kind of points back at america and says yeah our our creation evolution did we don't have the same kind of arguments that you guys do, or or even on the heaven and hell side of things. We don't, you know, different cultures think about these things differently, and 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 of course, as Americans, we we're in our perspective, and we and not only that, we tend to think we're right. You know, I mean, we have our perspective, right. and we think it's the right one, right. and so uh, it's it's good to to get out there and see a more global perspective.
2: Specifically his book, Surprised by Hope, you right. right. I think it's beautiful. Not, it's not a treatise on science and religion, but it gives you a bigger perspective and a bigger picture. And it casts mm-hmm. a vision of a, of a world beyond our comprehension of a truth beyond our comprehension. Another writer that does that for me, uh, or another book is notes from the tilt, a whirl. Hmm. And it's by N.D. Wilson. He's actually a children's fiction writer. Notes from the Tilt World is his biography. And he's not a scientist and he's not a theologian. But he casts this beautiful picture of faith. He is a Christian. He casts this beautiful picture of faith and truth and the story of life mm-hmm. um, in such a way that you really uh, you catch the beauty of it. You see the rose and not the reproductive process of the flower you know and and sometimes what we need is not the not the if thens or the arguments or the mm-hmm. um theses and rebuttals but what we need is that picture and and the notes from a tilt world is, is one of my favorite books that i come back to for to see the picture of mm-hmm. the rose that mm-hmm. you know tom was talking about
0: that's great Thank you all for being here. I'm, I'm really glad we got we got all of you here at the same time to to talk. Uh, I could I could keep going with this, but uh, but I know we we have places to be, and we, we're we filled up the time here. So uh, uh, again, thank you, and uh, I hope out there, audience listening, I, I hope you've had a good time. I hope you really enjoyed this and gotten a lot out of it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. It's always great to hear the wonderful stories, moments, and insights from members of the BA community. If you have an idea for a podcast episode, we want to hear it. Just visit BrentwoodAcademy.com forward slash podcast to submit your episode idea today.